Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. Today's topic, self care. As I find myself continuing to monitor the topics and the trends that are emerging in the learning and development and HR communities, I continue to see the topic of health and wellness really holding steady in the top three over the last 12 months. Even as recent as last night, I was reading a training magazine and found myself very cognizant of the fact that four out of 12 major articles within the magazine had some element that touched on health and wellness as a topic. This really got me thinking, how am I managing my own self-care, both personally and at work? How are those at my organization managing the uh, ongoing conversations about health and wellness at work? And then more importantly, how many of you find yourselves being in this moment of reflection on a regular basis, uh, whether it's how am I doing it for myself or how am I helping my company to do this for others? Now, health and wellness is not a new topic by any means in the learning and development space, but the current climate has made it something that we are all focused on. And even more importantly, it's not only in context of that surface level, like the healthcare and benefits, but I'm continuing to see as I peel back the layers that mental health and well-being kind of emerge as the number one topic on the list within the list. So if we take that health and wellness high-level topic and we dig into it, that next layer that we see, mental health and well-being is sitting at the top of that list, both for employees and employers alike. I think most companies have some sort of EAP program where uh, employees can call a hotline, get connected to someone that can help them manage whenever a crisis occurs. But the thing that, that I found myself really sitting with last night was in today's world, the need is really more urgent than ever, but a lot of people don't take action because there's not this sense of uh, any like compelling event that might trigger us to think we need to do something different. Um, in, in the past, I think it has been relatively easy to think about when I engage with the employee assistance program, when I raise my hand and say, hey, I, I need to have a conversation because there's the stress, the anxiety, the fear, the excitement, whatever the feeling or emotion is, is too much. You know, in the past, it was event-based. So I thought about this if I had an overwhelming sudden loss if I had uh, some kind of life altering event. But in today's world, I think all of us are managing day by day and doing that for as many days as we've been doing that. I think the human spirit kind of starts to get frayed and a little bit fragile. If we think about the constant thoughts, um, whether it is fearing things related to the pandemic, whether it is fearing the violence in the world, whether it is loneliness from being isolated 
due to the pandemic. Maybe it's interruptions in your normal social routines. Maybe you were at 75% travel and, and you're starting to kind of feel the toll of not traveling weighing on you. At, at, any, at any case, you're kind of managing the constant change incrementally, it adds up. And at some point, it starts to tilt the scale and feel really overwhelming and exhausting. And I think probably safe to say we can all agree that what I'm saying right now is not brand new information. But it is worth stating the obvious because sometimes we can get caught up in the hustle and bustle of our day and not see the things that are right in front of us. And if we don't see them, how can we expect our employees, our managers, our leaders to see them? Um, so touching on the topic of self-care, I think the first thing we have to talk about is it starts with us. It starts with me as an individual. I have to be thinking, what am I doing to take care of myself so that I can be in service of others in the most effective ways when they need me? I mean, if I'm already running on fumes, how likely is it that I'm really going to be able to give you the best that I can give? It's not likely. You know, I think over the last 18 months, I've been on my own personal journey, really focused on self-care, self-development, and prioritizing self. It's taken a long time to get this far on that journey. And I uh, you know, think about incrementally the, the life journey that led up to the last 12 to 18 months. And even then, um, right, there's a lot of work that you have to put into prioritizing yourself in a way that you don't feel stressed or guilty for putting yourself first. I have been extremely blessed to have an amazing boss, to work for uh, an amazing company that has a really, really supportive work family culture. So we're all looking out for each other. We're not afraid to have discussions, um, honest discussions with each other about how we're truly feeling and, and doing. But not everybody is in that kind of environment. Not everybody feels comfortable, even if the environment is conducive to it. And you, you still have to really put time and attention toward you. So what are you doing over the course of every day to really give yourself a break, uh, some moment to collect your thoughts, maybe a, a just step away and take a deep breath and rejuvenate. Uh, it is not easy to do, and I can speak from experience. It can be really easy for the calendar to get full, especially when everything is virtual because we're not having to go from this conference room to that conference room. There's no commute from this building to that building or from this customer office to that customer office. So it can be really easy just to pack that schedule full and when we do that, we forget sometimes that we need breaks. Um, maybe we even struggle with being able to book in time just to eat, um, right? It, it's, it's these little things that incrementally we don't notice, um, but they can take their toll over time. If you're like me, you may find yourself even trying to pad your calendar with some good intentions, like putting a little block here and a little block there. But the second that somebody needs something, um, you're pretty quick to say, hey, let me know if my calendar is the reason why we can't get this group of people together, because maybe I might be able to move some things around. You know, again, great intentions, 
we're all in this together, but you still need to make sure you take time for you. So some things that have really made a difference for me that I thought I would share. Um, The first is calendar management. And there's a lot that comes with this. Probably one of the more seemingly simple things we could do, but very, very effective. Now, when I talk about calendar management, I am not talking about going to the extreme and blocking out half your day every day, making it really difficult to be accessible. I'm talking about setting some realistic goals. So looking for maybe 30 minutes that you can block out every day, specifically just to give yourself time to eat. And more importantly, not eating at your desk. During this block of time, like I said, start small, 30 minutes. Um, During this block of time, make sure that you're disconnecting from everything. No emails, no chat messages, if possible. Don't even bring your phone. Just check out and let your mind think about something else. Uh, Maybe just go for a walk outside or just sit in silence. You know, if you are working from home, maybe do the laundry, Um, but something that really just takes your brain away from everything else happening up to that point. Now, even better, if you can up that to an hour so that you can get 30 minutes to sit and eat and just kind of take your time and another 30 minutes to focus on maybe a hobby or an enjoyable task that can really just give you a boost of energy, a boost of creativity and nurture the soul a little bit. Um, In addition, when we think about managing that calendar, make sure to block out at least two 15-minute breaks and the same rules apply. No screens, no emails, no chat messages, just disconnect. Your brain needs the break. Now, personally, this to me has always seemed obvious, but it has been a real task to solidify this in my day-to-day. However, what I found is when I did, And uh, most notably, I was able to affect this about three months into uh, the the pandemic lockdown last year when I realized things were bubbling up and things were feeling a little chaotic and I wasn't quite sure why. Uh, It's because I just let myself go all in and lose track of, of time during the day. And I was keeping myself very, very busy. And that was resulting in a lot of exhaustion at the end of every day. And once I identified that. I started implementing these things that I make it a habit 30 minutes every day to step away, an additional 15 minute at morning, 15 minute afternoon to just step away. And if the temperature is good outside, take your shoes off, take your socks off, walk around in the grass, connect to the earth, little things like that. It's amazing what they can do to reset the energy, to reset the mind and give you that boost that you need to maybe kick it into overdrive with creativity or productivity. If you find yourself maybe at the end of every day feeling like you did a whole bunch of stuff, but there was no real accomplishment to show for it, it can be frustrating, right? Um, I have found even more value in creating a to-do list every single day in the last 12 months than I have in the last 20 years. It's not a fixed and finite list. And this is really what has changed in the last, let's call it the last year, year and a half. I start every day by making a list of the things that I want to accomplish. And then I put a quick prioritization to it. What are the must haves? What are the nice to haves? 
And then I use that as my guidepost. I don't make it set in stone because if we've learned anything, it is that change is constant. And so we have to find a way to be flexible and adapt to that change. So when we make our to-do list, also make it a point to go back and revisit it multiple times a day, um, make adjustments when needed, and make notes of those adjustments so you can see them. So at the end of the day, when you look back at what you've done, you can actually get a sense of, oh, I, I, I did accomplish more than I thought. In addition, if this continues to be a challenge and you, you keep finding yourself at the end of the day going, man, I'm exhausted, I did a lot of work, but I just don't feel like I have anything to show with it, try keeping an activity journal. Start with a two-week period. Set a goal to just track what you're doing, where you're spending your time for two weeks and see what you can learn from that. Uh, even after a couple of days, you're going to find that there's a lot of time you're spending doing things that maybe you didn't realize because it's a three minute here and a five minute there, but those things add up and uh, can really give you some line of sight to how to, to tighten things up, how to make things a little more efficient. Next, I think it's important to set boundaries and stick to them. And one of the ways we can do this is by learning how to say no. Uh, not something that's always easy. For some of us, it's much easier than others, but this one usually becomes the hardest one for people to do. And because of that, it requires an active focus and really an ongoing active participation in managing this skill set. So you don't have to be abrupt or abrasive. It's not about saying, nope, not my job. Sorry about it. Uh, but instead, it's when we're looking at all the things that are coming our way identifying how those things are gonna impact the organization. Are they things that you can coach versus do? Are there things that you can delegate to make room for it if you need to do it? But you, know, you don't always have to say no. It can sound more like, yes, but not right now. Yes, I can get to that, but not until next month. Um, perfectly acceptable to do that. And if you find things start to bubble up and are really, really urgent for people, that's when we go back and we revisit our to-do list. We revisit our priorities and figure out where there might be some adjustment, whether it's delegation, whether it's uh, just kind of stacking on some extra thing that needs to happen for this one circumstance. But again, go back to the other things that we talked about, making sure you still have time for you. Don't give up that time. That is probably one of the things I'm most guilty of. Oh, I've got plenty of time. I've booked out these things for me uh, to step away, to refresh, and then I, I will volunteer that time when needed. Uh, be mindful of that. If you can start doing some of these things, you can then be an example for other people. And the way you can start interacting with others in a way that impacts the company is by modeling the behavior. Um, so start doing these things yourself when you start finding benefit, when you start to really feel an impact, then start sharing that. Um, it's also about actively displaying an interest for your coworkers, for the teams that you manage. Be very open to a candid conversation and discussion. Uh, look, look for as many moments as we can to have those water cooler type conversations. And take a few minutes to be human. I think it, it can be easy for us to forget 
that when we're all physically together, there's just naturally something that happens. I, where I walk in down the hallway, I see you, we step to the side for a minute, we have a quick conversation. We talk about some things that's maybe not work related. Maybe we're venting, maybe we're just catching up. Um, but it's those moments that occur very naturally when we're in person that aren't as easy to replicate when we're virtual. And I, I don't want to feel like I have to schedule a meeting with you every time I want to have that venting or that hallway conversation. Um, but at the same time, I still need it. And so for companies that have shifted to an entirely virtual model who were previously in person, it can be really isolating and really disengaging. Uh, productivity can certainly increase, but the emotional toll of not having that that in-person interaction in the same way can undermine the long-term success if we're not mindful of it. So make sure you find a way to create some sort of space and time for employees to blow off steam, for them to connect and interact with one another, maybe in a social way. Um, consider things like lunch and learn experiences, virtual activities like trivia, maybe a team cooking challenge or virtual in-company networking mixers. Just give people a place to kind of break off and, and start to interact in different ways where there's no pressure to talk about a project or a deliverable, but rather just a chance to interact and, and kind of remember that we're human and we should connect as humans. In addition, I think it's really important to state that we need to remember to clearly define and communicate what's available to our employees. If we've got an EAP program, make sure that we're actually spotlighting it. We're calling people's attention to it. I know a lot of people that I talk to on a daily basis indicate um, at customer organizations, just friends in general, at, at businesses around the world uh, indicate that their employees don't always know where help exists, how to go about getting help. They might've mentioned something in the employee handbook. There might be like a quick reference sheet that people just forget to go look for, but be active and proactive at making sure we're communicating to people what's available to them and how they can engage. Lastly, I think it's in, inherent upon all of us in learning and development to really figure out how we bring some of this actively into our learning and development activities. Find ways creatively to weave in icebreakers and breaks and even other wellness-inspired activities into your training where possible. Technology can definitely be a huge enabler in a lot of ways. So let's try to be creative in finding ways to leverage the technology to bring people together to encourage and motivate each other, and most importantly, to help everybody at our organizations find ways to practice good self-care. It goes a long way.